Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hendrickson, and I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Some self-help books are, shall we say, niche. Do-it-yourself coffins, anyone? But others stand the test of time and help millions of people along the way. So this week, we say happy 30th birthday to a classic book, Getting the Love You Want, A Guide for Couples, by Drs. Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt. If you don't own one of the four million copies in print, you may recognize the title because Oprah has featured it on her show no fewer than 17 times. Now, as you know, Savvy Psychologist is all about actionable tips. So I appreciate that in the book, there are 35 pages of 18 different exercises couples can do together to enhance communication, increase the fun in their relationship, and fundamentally connect. So the core of the exercises are three steps of what they call safe conversation, mirroring, validating, and empathizing. So I asked Harville and Helen about this and more. Here is our conversation. Doctors Harville Hendricks and Helen LaKelly Hunt, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're happy to be here, Ellen. Thank you. Delighted. Absolutely. So you have been helping couples for decades, and so I'm sure you've seen it all. And I am curious to know, what are the most common ways communication goes wrong? And of course, how do we get around it? Well, I'll start one with one, Harville, because not many people think of this, but in my case, the problem in our marriage was I was just trying to be helpful mm. because uh, no one knows better than me how to improve Harville. <laughs> yeah, that never happens in my marriage. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little tweaks. Like, I, you know, I'm not even going to charge him with my <laughs> advice about his wardrobe and if he is telling a joke and no one really thinks it's funny or is parenting or, you know, I'm just so good at it. And that is just disastrous mm. on someone's marriage. Believe me, I've, I've done that. Uh. I've done that. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. But think, look, but look how much better a person I am now. <clears throat> you have improved me so much. After you told me you were I, miserable I, being married to me, I, I couldn't figure out why. <laughs> So I think that's a personal illustration of an answer to your question. And a general one uh, would be that it would be subsumed under uh, what we call objection to difference. Mm. If you watch couples interact or even watch people in a group, uh, watch staff members interact with each other, that we human beings seem to be unable to not say, well, that's not the way it is. That it's another way, and then um, you know you get in then to the question of of object of what we call objection to difference, 
And what one could do is be curious instead of objection, instead of objecting or being judgmental, to be curious about the difference. So you see it that way. Can you tell me more about it? But instead, we don't. We usually don't say that. We say, well, if you see it that way, you're wrong. And here's the way it is. So this polarization that arises out of objection to difference seems to be a way that we at least explain all human problems, especially couples, because they're so close and the energy is so intense that their objection to difference usually leaves them in a polarized place most of the time. I was struck in your book because you um, you write about this in terms of like working on your weaknesses as a sign of love for your partner. And I think the phrase like, and correct me if I'm wrong, like changing your personality is actually in there, which to me, like kind of struck me as like, oh, that sounds like a big ask. But I think what it really means is that, you know, making a genuine effort to work on your weaknesses is a sign of love, like trying to be more tidy or trying to be more responsive. Is that do I have it right or, or is am I off the mark? Yeah, I think those those all help, especially if those are desires on the part of your partner that you do X, Y, and Z. Um, and certainly that can help. But what makes them help is if they become a part of a kind of partnership agreement. I see. Okay. Yeah, and I love it how, how horrible is it was the first language that a healthy marriage has a great deal of difference to it. But if held in the right way, it's an enormous growth potential for both people. But the problem is, if your partner is different from you and you don't like it, if you talk with them about it in a way that puts them down, Mm -hmm. if they feel lower than you, if you have a negative look in your eye or a negative tone, they don't want to hear you. And they're going to tell you what's wrong with you. Mm Because uh, that's the lower brain and that's natural. And you ignited the lower brain in your partner. But if you can, like, I love what you just said, create a plan for growth for both of you, mm-hmm. little things both of you can do better or somehow work on these things. It can be a healing, not just a growth potential, but a healing of childhood wounds. Yeah, the um, idea that uh, I'll clean up take out the dishes or clean up the thing, if you do so-and-so, is a kind of transactional methodology that's been used in couples therapy uh, and fails over and over again, because somehow I'm now having to do something to keep you from being unhappy with me. Um, And so that's a kind of uh, two individuals trying to live together, but they're not partners, they're not connecting. So where we have moved with that is to become partners in the project of co-creating the relationship you both would love. And so if you become partners, then you look at what needs to happen in our relationship so that we both like being with each other and like uh, living together. And one of them could be, uh, you know, uh, less the, the whole bunch of whole chores have to be done. Um, and X, Y, and Z, and blah, blah, blah. So what makes sense about who does what chores? Then we're not getting into, I will please you by, you know, closing the garage door. It's that we are living our lives together and closing the garage door is a part of it. And I'm taking that on as my assignment. So it's a kind of collaboration for a co-creation and for then cooperation. 
And that works much better than the power struggle and about trading off tasks. And is does this link into uh, another concept in the book that you call the zero negativity process? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So tell us about the zero negativity process. Well, Helen uh, is the uh, actually author of the genesis of the zero negativity process. Many years ago, uh, we uh, the we were at the divorce courts, and um, we um, it's a long story to get to the point, but we became aware that we were pretty negative with each other. Mm-hmm. And Helen proposed that we regulate that and monitor it with a calendar so that each day we would um, check did either of us experience a put down, hmm. which which we would call a negative. And so we made a zero zero negativity commitment, uh, which is to go through each day being sure we didn't put each other down. And uh, that was a personal exercise that worked so well for us. We took it into the clinic. It works well for couples. And the uh, so we made it a core part of our part of the core theory. And then we said, as we kept thinking about it and got feedback from it, some people not liking it and some liking it, is that, well, zero negativity means that I love you and love and negation don't go together. Mm, mm-hmm. so that zero negativity becomes a necessity if you're going to have a partnership marriage in which you uh, nur- nourish your love for each other. You have to let the negativity go because if you hurt each other, you're not loving. Just that. If you criticize each other, you're not loving. So you have to find a way that you hold each other while you deal with your differences and in such a way that you both are affirmed and appreciated rather than devalued and criticized. And anybody can do that. Most people on the planet are smart enough to do that. They just don't have the technology and the knowledge to do it. That makes a lot of sense. It's really turned into fun. This calendar, we get smiley faces and frowny faces. Oh. And well, the point is to have fun talking about it so that you're not negative when yeah. you're talking. Hence, zero negativity. Right. And, and I think the ultimate thing is we call it zero negativity. And I think I was saying that zero negativity and love go together. It's looking at everybody through the eyes of love. You have to find a way to accept difference because it's not going to go away. And all criticism is an attempt to annihilate difference. Mm-hmm. And it's unconsciously that attempt. And you don't, you don't really realize it when you say, I don't like that or I don't like the way that looks or the way you sound or the, or what you're doing. But, but usually your partner is just being who they are and it's different from your picture of what you need from them. So we encourage people to know that difference is reality and accepting it is necessary for a great relationship. And then I think Helen, you said earlier, you hold the difference together, you hold it in tension and you find that if you hold the difference without criticism, the difference will morph, the two differences will morph into a third reality that will be in which both people will will win because it's co-created. That sounds perfect. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. My last question is, in the book, you discuss three core concepts of good communication, mirroring, validating, and empathizing. And at first glance, these seem really similar. So like if I validate you, that might be seen as empathy, but they're different. And can you walk us through why each step is unique and important? Yeah. Well, mirroring is that I'm reflecting back what I heard without changing it or interpreting it. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you said, would you please close the window? And I said, let me see if I'm getting that. You would like me to close the window. Did I get it? So that's a checkout. So Mm -hmm. that's being clear about what was said. Validation means that that there's a is logical. That's I can see the logic of that. So it makes sense. You'd want the window closed because it's actually cold and raining outside. I'm validating the reasoning in your mind about closing the window. And empathy is. Uh, has to do with emotion. So validation is the logic of your thinking. Empathy is emotion. And I can imagine that when I close the window and take care of that, that you would feel you'd you'd like that. You'd feel good about that. Um, So I'm reaching for the feeling that goes with the thought about what you said at the beginning. So it sounds like validating is the head and empathizing is the heart. Exactly. Got it. Awesome. You can find out more about Getting the Love You Want, as well as Harville and Helen's workshop and teaching schedule at harvilleandhelen.com. And Harville and Helen, I know you've been on the bestseller list 11 times before, so I wish you all the best in hitting it again. So thank you so much for being on the show. Dr. Harville Hendricks and Dr. Helen LaKelly Hunt are partners in life and work. They are the co-creators of Imago Relationship Theory and Therapy, which has spread globally through Imago Relationships Worldwide, an organization that has trained over 2,500 therapists in over 53 countries. They are the authors of three New York Times bestsellers, Getting the Love You Want, Keeping the Love You Find, and Giving the Love That Heals, in addition to seven other books. They are celebrating the 30th anniversary edition of Getting the Love You Want, which is on sale wherever you like to get your books. Thank you so much for making Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. New for 2019? Give us a call at the Savvy Psychologist voicemail line at 857-529-5650. You can request an episode topic, leave a comment, or just tell us why you love the show. So give us a call. You could hear your voice on a future episode or not. It's totally up to you. But the number is 857-529-5650. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Beata Santora. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem 
of a detour. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.